question. I like talking. Thus, a podcast. <laughs> uh, and welcome to it. I'm Christopher. Hi, I'm Drew. I don't know why you did that. Because <laughs> it's a back to school episode. Oh, because you're eating an a- Okay. Did it not crunch like I wanted it to? No, it doesn't. I got this apple like last week, so it may be... Stop chewing into the microphone. <laughs> so many, so many, so many damn books. All right, well, now you're done chewing. Yep. Oh, my God. Well, okay, so school's back. School's back. Just like we're back at this podcasting, school is back Yep. for the people. For the people. The we people. The, the we free people. The people mostly under 18. Um. All the college kids are back at this point too. I guess except for the weird back. the quarter system. Enjoy the I hope that everybody had a nice summer. It's funny though. Um it's not quite the end of summer. End of summer is I think September twenty third. It's is the equinox. Meteorologically speaking. Um and so that's why I'm calling the drink not quite the equinox. Nice. It's uh, it's lemon juice, Earl Grey vanilla, simple syrup, uh, gin, and then I shook that all together and strained it over ice, and then topped it with the Shaxbury dry cider. That cider gives it that nice. Ooh, it's almost here. Yeah, and the Earl Grey, you know, vanilla simple syrup also oh, it kind of gives me um, pie vibe. Ooh, yes, um, decidedly. So I I don't know I don't know why I think of pie as a as another autumn thing. You can have pie anytime you want. Yeah, it's funny. I also do, and yet it's like as American as baseball and apple pie. You know, yeah. it's like a summer thing. But who wants to bake in the summer? Exactly. We're all, we're all baking under the weight of climate change as it is. On our on my way over to record today, uh-huh. there was a um, there was a lemonade stand, staffed by kids, three kids, and they said that all all of the proceeds go to um fighting climate change nice and um i also also, after they after they served me um one of the girls says i like having a job i don't know why adults are so mad about that (laughs) (laughs) is that it so that's that's the show (laughs) thanks for coming this has been so many damn books we didn't talk about books at all but now we will now we will You bought what? lemonade. What else did you buy? I bought um, this. Actually, got sent to us, and it's very, very exciting. Um, it's the new Stephen Chbosky book. Mm. Um, he wrote Perks of Being Wallflower, which is one of those really cool books that only a few people try to do this. But the writing gets better as the kid like learns more in Perks of Being a Wallflower. Oh, it starts with like simple sentences and gets more complex because he's learning more. It's great. It's and and I don't know. That was a huge milestone of a novel for me and it's um this is his now his second book he hasn't written anything in in between wow yeah imaginary friend um and uh, it's it's like one of these um a kid goes into the woods and disappears and then comes back like 20 years later i think great and uh it's very haunted it's getting compared to stephen king it Mm -hmm. which i like sure and one of the main characters is named christopher um which is always weird yeah, so that's that was sent to us, and uh, I am going to read it, I think. 
Nice. It's what I like to do with the books that get sent to us. Sure. Well, yeah, I know you've been talking about how excited you are for the weather to be right for that book, too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm, I wanted it to be a little bit chillier, so. Sure. What about, what about, oh, and it's 600 pages, too, which is sort of Oh, crazy. damn. Yeah, he oh, wrote, it's oh, like a doorstopper. Okay. Sure. Um, anyway, so I'm excited because 600 pages of a missing and an evil in a town, I don't know. Seems like he went for broke. It, that's why it took him like 12 years. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. What about you? Uh, I have one that we got sent and one that I bought. Okay. The one that we got sent is from uh, one of my favorite indie publishers, Transit Books. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just came out. It's called Axiomatic. It's mm-hmm. essays by Maria Tumarkin. Um, There's five, right? All together. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're not linked except for they're kind of thematically, but they're all, they're big essays. It's not like, you know, an essay collection where somebody's gathering together all of the things that they wrote for the cut and each essay is like three pages long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm in the middle of it right now. And I mean, it's one of those things where like you read an essay and it takes you some, some significant time and then you like take a break, mm. um, which I love. But one of the things that I've been doing is I've been taking a break. I found a Jesse Ball book that I didn't know was still in print. Mm. His first poetry collection march book i was at mcnally the new mcnally jackson newish mcnally jackson in williamsburg there's a newer one now mm-hmm. uh and i saw it on the shelf and immediately i was there with a friend was there picking up something else altogether and i was like <gasps> and grabbed it and she was like what are you and march i was book. very excited nobody yeah. understood um hey, so i'm i'm excited about that you love jesse ball i do he seems like he'd be good as a poet because he likes to spin poetically mm-hmm. in his novels. Yeah. As some people do. As some people do. As I feel like that's a thing that ticks off a lot of the kids mm-hmm. about the reading that they do. Uh, What do you mean? Oh, yeah. If there's too much, too many themes. If you're waxing to anything, it's just like, come, come right. on. I think I'm 14 years old. Um, We... Yeah, I was thinking about that with um, when I read Nathaniel Hawthorne reading the Scar- Scarlet oh, Letter. Sure. Now I'd be a cool teacher and assign the Scarlet Letter and be like, but if you don't want to read it, why don't you just watch Easy A with, <laughs> <laughs> with Emma Stone? It's just as good. <laughs> oh, man. Your feet up on the desk. Yeah. Eating an apple. like Yeah. <laughs> It's back to school time. Yeah. And we've danced around this topic on many episodes previously and certainly in conversation, but we figured we'd talk about the canon. Or just sort of school school reading. It's different from summer reading. Very different thing. It's different from any reading, the the stuff that you're assigned in school. Yeah. My my mom, who I've talked about on this podcast a few times, she's a a librarian and she just, uh, she's starting at a new school and like the school is new. It's like a brand new, like it's just being built. Mm, like the kids mm-hmm. are the, the kids that are there. Are the, it's the first class of kids that are co- coming to the school. And uh, she got to build the library. She got to choose all of the stuff inside oh, of it, wow. all the furniture. And she's been working this whole summer buying, I think, 10,000 copies, uh, 10,000 books wow. to fill it with. And, um, you know, I've been getting interesting text messages and phone calls of like, do you think I need to buy all of a series or should I just buy the first one and see if people like it? And <laughs> um, That's cool. They, uh, 
my dad was describing the 300 book boxes that they came in that they all arrived on the same day and it's oh, just like wow. yeah it's pretty crazy but um you know it, it really made me think about like wow like the type of books that i was would hope were in a library versus what they actually have mm-hmm. but uh, yeah it also brought to mind um when you're just like trooping through the library as a class because you have to pick up your 30 copies of <laughs> of, of mice and men or whatever uh-huh. um yeah i mean i as much as i loved reading and i love it you know continuing sure um <laughs> I was, I don't know how great a student I was as a, as a reader. Um, I don't know how, like, I don't think I read The Scarlet Letter. I'm pretty sure I read Spark Notes and faked my way through. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, just because you were... I just read other stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's not like I wasn't reading, but it was just like, no, Redwall right. just has a new one. Right. <laughs> Brian Jakes, he's a master. Jumps who, right to the top of the list. Yeah, it's going to go right above... Um, anything that Steinbeck wrote. And man, we got, I was, you know, while preparing for this episode, I was thinking about like, why so much Steinbeck? We read Of Mice and Men. We read The Pearl, which I hate. Yeah. Um, and Grapes of Wrath, which I think is the best Steinbeck. Um, and I imagine I'll read East of Eden and maybe change my mind someday. But yeah, I, that was a crazy reading experience where we actually did a lot of like (laughs) popcorn reading. Uh Uh-huh. Which, if you don't remember what that is, that's when you would finish your section and then you would like curse the person that had had to to follow. Yeah, you had to just call their name out when you were done with your section. Yeah. Uh, We did that with Grapes of Wrath, which is also a very difficult book because there's a lot of language (laughs) that you're uh, not sure if you can say aloud in Uh the classroom. Oh, man. God. I remember sophomore year uh, reading, doing that with Huck Finn. Uh huh. And you know exactly the first. And. Somebody and then the teacher goes, oh, "Okay, hang on. We need to uh, we need to address a certain. Wow, I should have thought about this before I signed uh-huh. this as an out loud reading experience. So, and it's just I remember sitting there and being like, looking at the kid who said it and just being like, "What did? What are you, are you doing? Fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah, just change it to robot. <laughs> <laughs> someone did that. They did. There was they a change it to robot. There Ugh. was there was a find and replace copy that someone did. I can't remember what the story was, but they changed it to robot so that they could say it. Sure, which is just like changes no, that not, novel a lot. It's not the same. <laughs> I got out of my English degree in mm-hmm. college. Yeah, well into my adult life. Well comparatively speaking yeah and realized that i had missed so much yeah that like how the fuck do i have an english degree and i haven't read a charles dickens novel mm-hmm. or a virginia wolf novel mm-hmm. i'd never read any tony morrison i had tried and failed to read pride and prejudice five times it it felt shocking to me and as listeners of the show longtime listeners will know i love a reading challenge and so I've been picking an author over the last couple of years and like trying to fill in these gaps. Mm -hmm. And I said I was going to do it for 10 years and it's, I am, I find my patience is wearing thin. Mm. Like I'm in Faulkner right now and I just, I find that I can't be bothered. I feel like I did in school and I'm like, I would really rather be reading anything else that I would like to read. The, um, I, I know that feeling. It's a really weird feeling. Um, 
that doesn't come across that much in adult life, mm-hmm. um, except for sometimes for reading for the podcast that we do. Sure. Um, you know, I I get that feeling sometimes um, during the tournament of books. Uh, I'll be mm. reading like something 50 pages in. I'm just like, oh my God, like this is the worst school assignment ever. And yep. there's no school. Like I'm not even going to be. <laughs> right. It's self inflicted. to do a pop quiz later on who's you know i remember taking jane austen pop quizzes and being like i read this and i still don't remember <laughs> i still don't still not sure who had sense and who had sensibility sure who was prideful <laughs> who had all that prejudice <laughs> oh man <laughs> you'd be a great late middle school early high school english teacher teachers who really um put great books in my hands anyway like things even like and and said like it's okay christopher you can read this instead of what the class is reading mm-hmm. i remember reading um the cane mutiny by herman wook Ooh. for class which was um a pretty wild book and definitely uh, it was off like a, a pr- approved secondary list right um for something in my uh an ap class interesting yeah i don't know why I remember my AP lit teacher, it was also, it was his last year, so he really was just kind of like throwing caution to the wind. But he, I mean, he had a reputation, it's why I wanted to be in his class, of, like, we read Kotsia's uh, Waiting for the Barbarians. Okay. We read Catch-22. We read books that are, like, are canonical, mm-hmm. but are not, he, w- he was really, like, moving us. We read... Um, uh, Annie John by Jamaica Kincaid. We read Their Eyes Were Watching God. Like we read books that were not, not your first level reading experiences. Yeah, or that that's like cool. were the things that everybody else was reading to prep for the AP exam, which was cool. And it's only later now that I'm like, wow, I feel like that's when I was maybe su- quote unquote supposed to read Oliver Twist or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I w- it, It's almost um, it's almost better to kind of remember the book that actually did do something to you that was assigned because so many of them didn't and they felt like chores yeah absolutely but i was i was so surprised by how moved i was by catcher in the rye Uh, really but yeah like salinger i that just hit me at the right time and it was the right book um it's funny how i mean that book really it's why it is meant for young people between the ages of say like 13 and 17 yeah uh, people who could adopt phony, um, and and adults around them would be like, ah, you read some. Oh yes, <laughs> read some Catcher in the Rye. I see. They all get that wistful gaze in their eye, and they're like, I remember when. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it's definitely for people who just you know who love the Outsiders. Mm-hmm. See Hinton. Oh yeah. Sure. Um, and then and then this book comes next, and oh man, I just I remember that I thought it was like this brilliant puzzle, hmm. um, because like. It worked, even though there was seeming no plot, and it also wasn't clear exactly what was happening. You know, like you don't even know what he wants, right? You don't know what Holden's trying to get, right? Um, it's not so. It was it was exciting to me because, of course, I'd been reading Redwall and I don't know other types of books like that, mm-hmm. um, and uh, suddenly there was this thing in front of me that had no plot. That was just like a character thinking. Right. And um, yeah. Do you have any of those? Uh, the stranger in that AP lit class 
Mm-hmm. I think I've talked about this on the show where he, yep. I read it and I hated it. And my teacher was like, read it again. Mm-hmm. Like your assignment is, I think it was like, you're not going to read the next thing that we have to read. You're going to read The Stranger again. And I was like, are you kidding? And it, the world cracked open for me. Mm-hmm. The other, I mean, the other one is, and we were talking about this right before we started recording as we were looking at the, the approved texts for the AP Lit exam. Yeah. Um, was Our Town. Thornton Wilder's Our Town. My U.S. Lit class, my sophomore year, was two-thirds plays. Mm. Yeah, you know, I think that's... Plays make sense. Um, I, it makes sense to read a little bit of Shakespeare and, like, all of... Because, like, you get to read it in class. It's meant to be talked, read aloud. Sure. The themes are right there on the surface. Yeah. Our well, Town, especially. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, I mean, it was... why. And then, like, the next year we did Our Town, and I got to play the stage manager. It was aw- It was just, like, it was... That's it, perfect. It felt, you know, like the like I was suddenly actually communing with the the literary world as opposed to just like reading the next Redwall book. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I, re- I remember getting a sort of like good community feeling from uh, when we did our stage of um, staged reading of Romeo and Juliet that we translated. You know, like into oh, the today's into, vernacular. Uh-huh. Um, I would pay money to read that. <laughs> I, uh, Specifically, your edition. <laughs> um, I played Romeo, and the girl who played Juliet ended up my girlfriend for a little while. Hey! Yeah, cute, cute meet cute story. Showmances. <laughs> Gross. I remember we read The Taming of the Shrew out loud. <laughs> the last scene the like big banquet scene mm-hmm. where Petruchio is like, okay, Kate, put your hand under my boot. We read that as freshmen in high school aloud and like semi-staged. Wow. And I think that a, a lot of people maybe took the wrong sexual politics lessons from that whole experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that I, I think I saw that show fairly recently at the public. Oh, up in the park. Uh-huh. uh-huh. A couple years ago. And it was stark to me. Like even it was an all female cast and still. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's another one, you know, that I would put my feet up on the desk and be like, Y'all can watch ten things I ate about you. It's the same <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah. Is do you think it's I've been thinking about this with like with Faulkner mm-hmm. and being like, I don't really want to read somebody who even if he was a well intentioned white man of his time, like still pretty racist mm-hmm. i just Very. don't i have no patience for it right now mm-hmm. and like plenty of other political issues that i disagree with mm-hmm. is it and i so i started thinking about that and the fact that like i've read people doing the faulkner thing since then like oh, yeah. so Gosh. many authors who see that's the, the, faulkner i don't i have you know mixed feelings about but he's also like oh you launched a thousand ships that yeah <laughs> that, that maybe shouldn't should have stayed in the harbor. or it's like what do we do then with these canonical authors even something like huck finn mm-hmm. like at what point do we replace the book not because we're trying to write the book out of history or whatever but just to say like somebody else has done this more interestingly and or they are attacking the topic from a different point of view right that will help you like you don't have to learn that history you're learning that in your history class read the book that will force your mind further right like we were saying that the um the torn skirt uh uh-huh. would be a fantastic oh like, yeah um book instead of catcher in the rye right um yeah i i think that there 
I mean, you read both, I think, because then you can compare them. Yeah. You know, uh, but uh, I think that that's the whole point is you're supposed to be like, like reaching some sort of baseline that then you can talk about mm. ant- books in a certain ways. But um, I also think that um, a lot of teachers these days are changing their canons and are yeah. like moving up. You know, I, I think that, you know, especially, um, I don't know. Maybe it's just in affluent neighborhoods or something that they can get away with not following a state curriculum or whatever. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm also out of the out of the education game. Yeah, I don't know what's as going it were. on. Like all of my sister's friends, younger siblings have all gotten out of grade school at this point. My youngest cousin is in college, so like I don't know what what the curriculums look like now. One of the books that my friend teaches every year is Jellicoe Road by um, Melina Marchetta. Wow. And it's just because she likes it and it's fun to teach and you can get a lot of lessons out of it. Um, and cool. that's a, that's a fantastic novel that more people should know about. But I, I love that she, she has like these crazy like class projects, like these visualizations of things and that, you know, there's that people would have been doing with Of Mice and Men, you know. Right. Uh, before or whatever. I love that. I don't know what it replaced, but maybe it's like sort of silly to think of it that way. It doesn't need to replace anything. It's just a new idea. Right. I mean, in the way that like you and I clearly did not read a bunch of the canon during our formative years. And like we we're not this. I mean, it's something that I've had to learn of the process of self-inflicting years of pain onto myself as an adult. Like we're not any less for not having read those things. In fact, we might in some ways we might be something more because we have had the broader thing. Well, I think that it, you know, having parents and, and, and you know, teachers as well mm-hmm. who let me read away from the canon and yeah. just, like, stoked love of reading. Right. Um, that, that, to me, is what I took away from it. It's just, like, there, will, there are books. And I feel bad for the, the people that didn't get to do that. That's right. the thing that's really, that, you know, that all they read was, a, like, a bunch of Steinbeck, some Shakespeare jane austen and then they're out in the world <laughs> you know <laughs> like yeah i probably would l- re- lose my love of reading too um mm-hmm. if that if that was all i had yeah so you know i think that as as i don't know i was gonna do a <laughs> i was gonna do like a scrubs end of episode oh nice wrap up i'm not going to you know this is one of those moments where we'll certainly do some stuff with our our patreon folks about this but like i'd love to hear what people would put in their libraries their school libraries yeah like tweet at us email us whatever take an instagram photo yeah we'll uh and seriously do this and we'll uh we will talk about it on the next episode yeah we'll curate we'll curate a little yeah thing the so many damn books back to school list yeah you know like what what is a couple books that you've read that you're like you know what i really wish i had had this book in fifth grade and like yeah everybody should have it I re- oh there's some stuff that like i read at the very beginning of my reading life like henry and mudge did you uh-huh. ever read henry yeah and Mudge, uh cynthia ryland yeah um that stuff i don't know like the there's there are ways to get people addicted to reading. Henry and Mudge is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah, so please do that. We would love to hear from you all. Yeah. We read some pretty cool books. We recommend you take a look. Yeah. 
Um, do you want to suggest some things for the canon, <laughs> or do you just want to recommend things? I have, I have one that's definitely not. Yeah, you know what? I would. I'm not gonna do the disservice because honestly, it could be in the canon. I have one that that. I have two. Let's just start there. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> um, honestly, I think that the canon needs more genre representation, and that has kind of always been true. There's still we see it all the time that like. It is just an outgrowth of like, oh, well, literary fiction means mm-hmm. it's important and it can go on the AP test. And if it has spaceships and necromancers, definitely not. Mm-hmm. Um, Tamsin Muir's Gideon the Ninth, which I think comes out uh, the day that this episode comes out mm-hmm. from Tor, is just a blast. It is sassy lesbian space necromancers. And it just was such uh, one of those like, joyful shots of imagination that sustains for the whole book that I can imagine being like, I want to read this instead of reading Bleak House. Mm -hmm. And you know what? You'd be right. Mm. Um, And then the other one is actually is connected. It's Annalie Newitz's new book, uh, The Future of Another Timeline. And it's, there's a, a quiet edit war that is happening across the timeline between the daughters of Harriet, this, this, feminist secret society inspired by senator harriet tubman um all right fighting against like the worst male rights activist incel culture about who gets to control the future Mm -hmm. um and it, it bounces back and forth across two narratives across millennia and it it was so wild to think about like she just she does time travel right um and also cool things like fucking Senator Harriet Tubman. What a great idea. That's cool. But it's also not just a gimmick of like Senator Harriet Tubman. She's like, no, this is how that could have happened with one small change in the timeline. Hmm. They wanted her to run. Like wild. Crazy. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so those are two those are two good, fun, rollicking, anti canon, someday will be canonical books. Heard that here first. <laughs> how about you some reason when you said anti-canon i was just picturing like anti-canon <laughs> i don't know what i'm thinking in my internet mind. followers please also tag us on instagram with your memes of anti-canon <laughs> um you know i'm i'm gonna recommend i talked about it um uh, a couple episodes ago the swallows by lisa lutz i read it and i loved it um it's it's a lisa lutz novel for sure it feels like her um but she's doing a lot of it's a really fun boarding school all of the um all of the names of the the buildings are authors like actually mm. the, it's like the canon um you know there's wolf way and yeah. go to dickens house and cool yeah. and it, you know it's sort of like cutesy but like what's actually happening on the campus is uh gender war cool um and it you know it gets to pretty insane heights and i was very very i loved reading reading it it's really really That's fun great a I lot of different um character point of views and really just but it really feels like it, it's definitely lisa lutz you know if you didn't know that she wrote it you would be you would have like flipped back uh-huh, to the front and be uh-huh. like oh right oh sure and then i'm gonna recommend um I'm going to probably be talking about this more, uh, but I've been revisiting Harry Potter because I'm going to go see Cursed Child uh-huh. uh, Finally. at the end of November. Yeah. And I'm very excited. 
I am one of the very few people that enjoyed just reading the play. Mm -hmm. um, but I also, I haven't reread Harry Potter since um, the last book came out. Since I reread the Me whole neither. series yep. be before Deathly Hallows and then read Deathly Hallows. And that was the last time that I ever read all the books. Huh. And so that was a long time ago. Yeah, damn. Uh, and I've been listening to it. And it, Stephen Fry is amazing. Mm -hmm. I choose the Stephen Fry ones because I'm contrary. Um, you know, Jim Dale is more available in America. But. Right. So that's, uh, I recommend it. I, I have been loving it. Cool. Also, the very first one is, it's it's crazy some of the things that she does. Like it's, there. she was very much, you know, confident that she was just mm -hmm. confident that she had a great story and she was going to start it out exactly the right way i mean it's amazing how long it takes before harry even shows up yeah like there's 20 yeah. pages or whatever i i don't know i'm listening to it so i don't know about pages uh but you know there's all this time with the dursleys and reacting to magic around the world mm -hmm. that's just i don't know it's it's uh, magical it's really special that is <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna be big they are yeah check out this jk rowling <laughs> Yeah, but you know, if you haven't revisited, I highly recommend it. It's cool. standing up so far. Yeah. So All right. So that's it. That's it. You probably have reading that you have to do. Go read for school or for your life, or go reread uh, something from school that you're like, wait a minute, was that bad, or did I just hate that teacher? <laughs> <laughs> that's how I feel about calculus. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, people. Please go and review us on iTunes. It really, really helps us. Um, and, you know, that's how we show up in charts and yep. show up uh, show up when people search us. If you write new, um, really nice reviews, um, we, we like the really nice ones. And we also hope that um, y'all become Patreon supporters because we are about to send out a new mailing. And now's a good time. Uh -huh. And um, what else? That's it. We already said that find us on the socials. Yeah. Tell us about your library. Please tell us about the, your additions to the canon. Your anti-canon. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. That's it. See you later. Bye.